2: Hello, and welcome to Born Yesterday, a podcast experiment in which myself and Andy Barr. Yes. Have been cloning ourselves.
3: That is 100% correct, Alexander. You've really hit the nail on the head there. We have been cloning ourselves, and we have given those clones two special comedian guests to explain things to them, on the understanding that they only understand what three other things are. Those three other things in this episode are what a Wicker Man is, Goths, and Noel Edmonds. Yeah, broad spectrum of things there.
2: Hmm. Andy? Yes? uh,
3: Wicker men were made famous
2: uh, in modern times by the film The Wicker Man.
3: Absolutely right.
2: Starring Edward Woodward and Christopher Lee. Yeah. Have you seen this film? I have. What do you make of it?
3: I thought it was very good. I love The Wicker Man. I enjoyed it. Uh, I love love The Wicker Man so much. I can't remember a huge amount about it. Hmm. Well,
2: um, spoilers for the Wicker Man, if you're listening, Uh, but uh, how would I sum it up? Virgin policeman tries to find little girl, then gets killed. Mm. That's the whole plot.
3: Have you ever been into a vibrant pub, which immediately ceases its vibrancy and everybody turns to look at you when you enter?
2: Uh, Yes, in the Old West, Andy, I've Mm. had this experience.
3: How was it? How did that make you feel?
2: Unnerved, you know. Mm. The um, the barman stopped cleaning the glass. Yeah. The guy at the piano stopped. Yeah. I could hear naught but the wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you saying that's a similar experience through the wicker man?
3: I think. I think so. I think that literally happens. In yes. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hence my bringing it up. Yeah. I thought it was a fun in. Yeah. yeah. He walks into a pub. It's, it's a very quick ex-
2: escalation in The Wicker because he walks into a pub, things get awkward, and then in the, middle, in the middle of the night,
3: everyone's fucking outside. Yeah. But that's just island life. That's just island life. It's just island life. And, you know, when, when people from the outside come in, they don't understand the, the, the traditions and the, the way of things around there. And I think in many ways Edward Woodward's policeman is somewhat culpable
2: in ruining those traditions. Yeah, for for what happens to it. Well, you know, we the British, we have a culture, and we need mm. to fight to preserve that culture. Absolutely. And we can't have naysayers, mm. probably from Brussels, coming in and telling us who we can and can't burn in our giant Exactly.
3: We if you see Ursula von der Leyen <laughs> coming in saying that you can't flay someone in order to improve a harvest, you send her packing or flay her.
2: <laughs> I can't imagine the amount of times that, let's say, Angela Merkel mm. got on the Eurostar to stop good English people from drowning a series of small girls just to improve the harvest.
3: Absolutely. I mean, you know, you can, you can picture her, can't you? Hearing tell that somebody, somebody <laughs> in the in the in the agriculture business over in, don't you know, Shropshire or Rutland, or the or
2: the Scottish
3: islands, or the Scottish islands, or Cornwall, mm. you know, is is taking measures into their own hands to improve their business. She's she's getting her ticket. We're taking back control mm. in our
2: own way. Yeah, and they're going. Have you done a risk assessment on this wicker man? Yeah, you need tape ten feet on either side of the wicker man, and you're gonna, you're going to put people inside it. Mm. That's there's a form for that. It really is dreadful.
3: Mm. <laughs> um, if you were going to uh, uh, sacrifice, they'll probably want hazard tape on the ley lines. <laughs> <laughs> If you were to uh,
2: sacrifice a series of humans and animals in order to improve the harvest Andy mm. what um what giant
3: wicker thing would you create well i th- i think a um a, a representation of the whatever crop you wanted to uh improve would be would be a good place to start i think there would be a nice so a big onion yeah, obviously it's not an exact science, but I think <laughs> it feels like that would be an appropriate course of action. I don't think that that is the sort of attitude that
2: people who invented the concept of a wicker man, I don't, I don't think, you know, in the Middle Ages, where mm. I believe that this stuff happened for the first time, yeah. I don't think they'd fill the giant wicker man full of chickens and performed a ritual. And I don't think that the sort of village elder was stood looking over this going, Well, This might work. <laughs> it's not it's exact I've got, science. I've
3: got a hunch. It's, it's more of an art than a science. Yeah. Let's just let this one play out and see <laughs> see what happens. The other thing that I would do is, um, obviously, presumably you're you're doing this for um for a, a crop that uh, has experienced a blight or is is otherwise not uh, not yielding mm. at the level that you'd like. However, I would um probably. Feed up uh, the 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 sacrifice on yes. on the crop beforehand. If we had some that we could spare for this measure, because mm. you know it, it just it just seems to align generally with with how it feels like it should work.
2: Yeah, there does seem to be a lot of guesswork involved in these sort of rituals. Mm. I wonder how many things they got through before they got to let's just burn a load of stuff in a big wicker. Yeah just constantly trying. So if you're a medieval peasant and you believe that your uh, your crop yield is dependent on the sort of whim of a god that you have no control over mm. rather than just, you know, the soil's crap or it's bad yeah. seeds,
3: the amount of stuff you must try to well, gods. I, I think it, it seems to be that there are basically two, two avenues which can be tried, uh, which is we've got a problem, let's fuck about it, Yeah. And then if that doesn't work, (laughs) let's just start killing people. I think it's three stages.
2: It's let's fuck about it. Yeah. If that doesn't work, okay, nobody fuck. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have the sort of control state. Mm. And then you go, okay, now we need to burn things. And then after that, somebody goes, right, okay, I'm going to spread some salt around and let's uh, let's see if a demon can help out with this. (laughs) Um, I would prefer that to... You know what you're bumping demon up the. Uh...
2: Well, I I I knew too many people who are into tarot cards and crystals, mm. and I'm not saying that I want to see people burnt in a wicker man, right? But I'm saying that I do want the sort of same sort of old English mysticism.
4: Mm.
3: Bring back
2: our myths and legends.
3: Yes, well, I think there are a lot of organisations that are doing some work towards this, but they also have some other concerns as well. <laughs> Um,
2: you Andy, yes, unlike me, huh. have seen the Nicolas Cage remake of the Wicker Man.
3: I have, yes.
2: What a film! It's it's great. Nicolas Cage uh, now has to be in anything that he's offered because mm. he had a ludicrous spending habit and yeah. sort of owned castles and things, mm. and now he just has to appear in basically anything. Yeah. Um. He seems to
3: enjoy it, though.
2: He d- he does a great job, more often than not, of taking a role that he basically doesn't want to be doing and having fun with it. Mm. Um, and ultimately, you know, films are entertainment and there's not many actors that are more entertaining yeah, I'm right. than, than Nic- Nicolas Cage. Have you seen Mandy? I have not seen Mandy. Oh, no. man, great. I think he's. Um, I I think the first kick ass movie is really good. Yeah. Yeah. I and like that. Uh, he's one of the best things in it. Yeah. It's a really funny performance.
3: Yeah. And he didn't turn around afterwards and go, I hated this. This film is immoral, like Bloody Carey, after he did the second one, which I've not seen. How oh, did Jim Carey say I don't like. Uh, yeah. I think he found there was too much swearing in it or something. It was very, very strange. <laughs> I don't like the language here. I stand by the
2: ending of the first Ace Ventura film, (laughs) but there were too too many bad words in Kick-Ass. The sequel to the film, which is largely known because a little girl says cunt in the first one, Mm. I didn't like. I stand by the ending of the first Ace Ventura film, but there were too many bad words in Kick-Ass 2.
3: The second Ace Ventura film. Pretty fucking bad as well for uh, for content. Well, I can't I really remember. I can't
2: really remember it, but I do remember a uh, tribal dance scene. Mm. I have a dim memory of that. Yeah,
3: it was the nineties.
2: It was the nineties.
3: Yeah, no, people were still getting used to the existence of other people, <laughs> and yeah. differences between them. <laughs> oh.
2: People were still getting used to the idea of a pet detective. I don't know if I ever told you, because Christopher Lee is in The Wicker Man. Um, I. You didn't
3: need to tell me, I knew.
2: (laughs) I absolutely love Christopher Lee. Yeah. uh, Fascinating human being. Mm. Um, uh, He, uh, in the last few years of his life, he used to release a Christmas message every Christmas. Mm. Um, My favourite of which is the last one because he's talking about having just done the Hobbit films. Mm. And he he says, I hope you all enjoy the films when they are
3: released. I almost certainly will not be alive to watch them, but I'm sure they'll be an enormous success. It really is heartening that he wasn't alive to watch them, because they were (laughs) fucking awful. (laughs) The Hobbit movies are shit. Truly crap. You could have made... A good one film, yeah, so that's what we think of the wicker man, yeah, you ever seen a goth
2: <laughs> uh I'm a big fan of goths, yep um i uh I wasn't brave enough to be a goth mm. as a as a kid. It's as simple as that. I, yeah. I I probably should have been dressing completely in blank black and listening to that music and yeah, yeah, yeah. and being more experimental, but I just didn't have uh, enough courage to do so because I think it does take courage to be a goth.
3: Absolutely, I'll tell you my favourite goth memory. Go on. Um, a couple of years back, I went back to went back to Folkestone for a for a little day trip, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was it was a very hot day, mm. and there was a there was a goth there. He had his, his really dark black clearly thick material trousers on had a had a cane had a top hat but it was a hot day so he'd taken his shirt off (laughs) (laughs) it was great because that 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 is a level of confidence above the confidence or the the confidence required to be a goth in the first place yeah then shirts coming off and he was he was as pale as i am possibly paler yeah did you listen to any of the bands that goths
2: tend to listen to? You don't like heavy guitar sounds, do you? Uh,
3: I'm not. Well, I'm not that big on the kind of um, sort of like death metal grindcore sort of guitar tones. Yeah. Um, I, I like a few Cure songs. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, But, I, you know, I would struggle to. Mm. name many goth bands yeah Bauhaus
2: yeah I mean all the goths I knew growing up were just into extremely into My Chemical Romance
3: well, I thought that was a, more of an emo preoccupation
2: yeah in Shropshire we didn't have the sophistication to differentiate really between mm. goths and emos yeah so uh, they and also everyone was into My Chemical
3: Romance just some of us more than others I wasn't no? No, I I made a very clear stand on this. I did you fucking know? hated them. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really didn't like them. Did you not enjoy the shouting? No. No? No, no, no. I like different kinds of shouting.
2: Not like the opening bit of the black parade.
3: No, 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 no. I thought it was fucking awful. But I'm sorry to any <laughs> I'm sorry to any fans out there. Um but I, I would hope that um if anyone has become invested in my personality, my tastes, it wouldn't be too far outside of the realms of expectations that I should absolutely loathe My Chemical Romance. Uh, My friend Yusuf went to see um, My Chemical Romance on
2: their recent reunion tour. But it seems like fucking half the people we know did. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, in our group chat, he sent us a text uh, going, "Um, I've never seen so many goths in one place. Mm. Uh, To which I commented, that's rather like saying, I didn't expect so many giant mice to be at Disneyland. You expect two,
3: yeah, <laughs>
2: at least, yeah, and then possibly the same, but in different outfits.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are there any other um, Disney mice? Mickey, Minnie. Um, uh, what else have they got going uh, <laughs> on?
2: I think, I think Mickey has. I think you friends, know, friends, and children, children. I think so.
3: Yeah, and there'd be a lot of those because I think mice probably have fairly big litters. <laughs>
2: Are you familiar with the concept of a rat king, Andy? Yes. Well, yes, I am, um, yeah. If you're listeners, if you're not, it's a sort of rats are sort of um, born with their... A litter of rats is born with their sort of tails all melded together. Or I don't know if it happens after birth. But, I think it happens after birth. But basically, ten rats become have to become one thing because yeah. all of their tails are knotted together. And I wonder if there's a mini Mickey sort of version of this in a dark corner of Disneyland.
3: Well, maybe, but they—they they have. Um, I think mice generally have have more, their tails are more slight. They you are can slight. imagine a rat's yeah. tail yeah. getting all mangled up with others, but uh, but a mouse's tail feels a lot more sort of silky and lithe, and it wouldn't uh, wouldn't do that sort of thing. However, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, Mickey and Minnie are sort of anomalous abominations whose yes. tails probably would have the capacity to. Yes. So you know maybe maybe that's where all the other. Mice are. Yeah. Um, I knew someone who uh, was Minnie
2: Mouse at a Disney park. Wow. Because you have to be a very specific height to fit in the costumes. Yeah. How how high? Uh, five foot one. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very cramped. Mm. Claustrophobic. Yeah.
3: I can imagine. And then getting lots of hugs.
2: This uh, this girl that I knew, someone I also briefly dated, um, uh, she played uh, Minnie Mouse and Scrooge McDuck. Wow, were her
3: two. now that's a range.
2: No, <laughs> I was going to say you talk about these actors, Gary Oldman disappearing into the roles. If <laughs> so you can play a sort of eccentric Scottish billionaire, mm. and you know a girl, or whatever Minnie's personality is. <laughs> I think you pretty much hit it on the head there. <laughs> Minnie, Minnie and Mickey Mouse are shit. They're the least interesting, I'm um, not just Disney characters, but cartoon characters. At least Mickey Mouse can drive a boat. He can drive a boat. <laughs> he's got that skill yeah. that he's demonstrated once in his 100-year career.
3: He got that on the ledger fairly early, though. He did. He did. (laughs) All right. Stay in my case. Here's what I've got. I can drive a
2: boat. (laughs) He's he's trying to mark himself out amongst other cartoon characters of the the Mm. time. You know, Betty Boop. Okay. Whatever that black cat was called. And he's going, all right. But can they? (laughs) Do they have any maritime ability? <laughs> can can Betty boop
3: bring a ship into port under a heavy gale no absolutely not well big eyes though probably could um yeah handy for discerning uh, objects on a <laughs> foggy day from the <laughs> i don't know I, you know you'd assume you'd assume that, that eyes of that size would come with some sort of vision benefits
4: <laughs>
2: And
3: a huge head so maybe there's an extra processing going on. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's part
2: of the Betty Boop law that she's that she, she's got like an owl's like ability and because of the size of a cranium is a huge motive of mm. um, Betty Boop is actually one, one of the most perceptive and intelligent characters yeah. in all fiction held back by chronic neck pain. <laughs> she expresses her incredible perception of the entire human race mm. through a cat catchphrase, which is boop, boop, be doop.
3: Yeah. Well, I suppose, <laughs> it, you know, if you were to transfer her over into, into the world of science fiction and, and the sort of aliens and that, it, she would be assumed to be telepathic with a head of that size. Yeah. So she's telepathic. Yeah. Mickey can drive a boat. Yeah. I don't even know which cat you were talking about.
2: There's this, there was a sort of early... Is it just called Felix? Maybe. Is it Felix the Cat? Yeah. It's a, a 30s cartoon. Right, okay. Um, probably earlier than 30s, hmm. in fact. Or is Felix the Cat the sort of edgy, sexy
3: one in like the 80s? I couldn't tell you. No, uh, no this is not in my... Uh, there's Sylvester. He's a cat. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's Tom, he's a cat.
3: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um whoever that bloke who lives next to Goofy is,
2: he's a sort of cat thing. Is he? Yeah, I think he is. I'm not familiar with
3: him. I don't really know much about the Goofy uh, extended universe. He's the oldest Disney character. What's his name? Um Talk amongst yourselves. It's not Pluto. No, it's not. It's not John. John <laughs> <laughs> like, Goofy, it's me, your neighbour. John, <laughs> John Cat. If you need anything, just let me know. I'm uh, usually in. <laughs> we are now able to reveal that the real name of John Cat is. You're going to be upset, Andy. What is it? His name's Pete.
2: <laughs> Pete Cat. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> which, which is uh, a whisker away from John. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably got a brother in the back. One of love Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, yeah. Goofy, Goofy Pe- Dog, <laughs>
3: Just, Pete. <laughs> because, you know, he, he may have been the earliest Disney character, but clearly there wasn't a great deal going on with him. So, Bugs Bunny, yeah. Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, Jeff. Um, <laughs> Elmer Fudd Redneck <laughs> Somebody else who provides a service <laughs> Britain's greatest entertainer Noel Edmonds And shepherd
2: of all of our wickermans, mm. Mr Blobby hmm. I think this is, this is The people's Wicker man yeah. Mr
3: Blobby This is another episode which includes an extensive discussion of Mr. Blobby. I think he comes (laughs) up fairly frequently, and I don't know what that says about um, the the damage that has been wrought on the collective (laughs) national psyche by Mr. Blobby.
2: Did I tell you about the time uh, I went to a a festival last year and um, uh, hung out with a friend of a friend who is from uh, Amsterdam originally, I think, Mm. and just telling her what Mr. Blobby was and sort of how he appeared in our childhoods, and that he was an agent of chaos, which is what Blobby is. Yeah. We gave her all of this information, and at the very end of it, we said, just, just Google image search what this guy looks like. Yeah. And she said,
3: oh, my God, in such a sincere way. It's odd, that, because I had always assumed that um, that Mr. Blobby was probably one of the most European television traditions that we had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he feels like something which would crop up on, I you don't know, German German TV as just some...
2: Yeah, but maybe that stems from sort of, you know, a, a view that, um, you know, we're not as weird as the rest of Europe. But mm. we're actually, we're the weird ones. Yeah. With our big screaming pink bloke on children's TV.
3: Yeah. But I I don't know, did you see that um, there was a clip going around recently of, um, I think it was a Latvian um, sort of public public service broadcast of trying to get kids not to go on, tr- play around on train tracks. Yeah. And they kind of, these little Plasticine children accidentally make a train come off the train tracks and then it follows them around and bursts into a room <laughs> that they're in. and then And then the driver gets out and says in Latvian... What now? <laughs> it's fucking superb. <laughs> it's fucking I great. I recommend looking that up.
2: <laughs> but we're not discussing Mr. Blobby. No, we're discussing knowledge. His Noel handler. His <laughs> handler. <laughs> we're discussing the brains of the Blobby operation. <laughs> Noel Edmonds, mm. who created a theme park based around Mr. Blobby. Yeah. And basically wanted to start his own Alton Towers. Blobbyland was only a small part of it. Noel Edmonds spent a good number of years trying to build his own theme park that would have a zoo and a Noel Edmonds
3: centre or whatever that is. (laughs) Well, presumably the the Noel Edmonds centre would would start off being a kind of sort of wacky place and then gradually get more concerned with cloning. Possibly, but also, you know, cosmic ordering and and various (laughs) new age practices. Yeah. And then at some point, people who who worked at the Noel Edmonds Centre or who'd spent a little too much time there would start to grow to resent and fear their families and friends and would be convinced (laughs) that the safest and best place to be would be remaining at the Noel Edmonds Centre. And working on creating... I'm seeing the
2: Null Edmund Centre as very much a sort of Jurassic Park facility. Mm. Where, you know, you can see them in the wild.
3: I'm I'm conceiving of it more as um, a, a hair's breadth from Britain's Manson family. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, Noel Edmonds actually never killed anyone himself.
4: <laughs> that was the punching got. <laughs>
2: but the stunt crew, on the other hand.
3: <laughs> he just happened to be instrumental to it. <laughs> For any younger listeners, Noel Edmonds was a sort of Alec
2: Baldwin of his day. <laughs> <laughs> what are the full details of that? Are there I, two deaths. On- uh,
3: no, I think there was just the one, and I think there there is, I think maybe that it, it, there's been less and less clarity about it. Although yeah. some false narratives have been generated, I don't think it was actually televised. Yeah, uh, I, I think maybe it was like in the warm ups for something. Uh, yeah, some yeah, yeah. Guy who um, was scared of bungee jumping was oh, God. was made to do a bungee jump and. Uh, uh, proven, prove, right. proven, absolutely one hundred percent right, but not around to to see it. Yeah,
2: I do remember Noel's house party as a kid, mm. and you watch it back now, and it is it, it could barely be described as entertainment. It's deranged, and and it's
3: like it was. Was it like Saturday Night TV I think so, yeah. I think it it feels like um 'cause the age- a spiritual ancestor of of the Saturday night takeaway, but that is a, a a perfected format.
2: Well, that is at least you know whatever you know you think about that show, it is at least a well-produced show. It is
3: it is ultra entertainment,
2: it the is. Noel's house party is sort of pitched at toddlers the way that he mm. speaks to, yeah. to the audience and the bits that they're doing. Yeah. But then, you know, Joan Collins is involved or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Blobby knocks him
3: down. He's got to. He must. He doesn't want to. Comp- I think that in, inside to. Blobby there is a, a sound, rational mind. But, <laughs> but he's possessed or something.
2: Not enough has been made of, and I'm going to put this out there because I feel like somebody should. Not enough has been made of Mr. Blobby's violence towards women because the amount of time that he knocked over John. Joan Collins <laughs> maybe Mr Blobby has seen maybe he's been in the services before and he's seen combat perhaps in <laughs> perhaps in Iraq and he's just lashing out in an uncontrolled way
3: <laughs> you you heard it here first. <laughs> Mr Blobby has Gulf War syndrome.
2: Yeah, he's um, you know, he he wants to be uh, you know, there's there's a sound rational mind in there, mm. um. And then he just, you know, <laughs> he sees the last the last breaths of his brothers on the battlefield. Yeah. And he can't stop himself and he just lashes out.
3: <laughs> Who's the guy who did um, Dead Men's Shoes? Shane Meadows. Shane Meadows. Would you like to see a Shane Meadows film about Blobby? <laughs>
2: yeah, I would. Absolutely. I would, I
3: would as well. <laughs> Taking this narrative and, and running with it.
2: <laughs> dead man's blobbies. It's something like that. Dead, you know,
3: dead blobby's... Dead blobby's pants. I don't
2: know. The, the scene in Dead Man's shoes where, where where he creeps into their house and poisons the thing that they're drinking yeah. and fucks around with them while they're all unconscious. <laughs> Mr Blobby <laughs> just, just bursts he, and knocks everything <laughs> out. crashes through the window. Burns himself, puppy. <laughs> 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 Our two guests in this episode are Harriet Kemsley and Alex Keeley. You can find Harriet Kemsley at at Harriet Kemsley on Twitter. Uh, She is the star of Bobby and Harriet Get Married. Uh, She's recording a stand-up special soon, so so that should be available in the future to watch. And uh, Harriet gigs all the time. She might still be on tour with her show Honeysuckle Island. Look that up to see if there are tickets available. Go see Harriet. She's very
3: funny. And go see Hamlet. What a play. Uh you can find Alex Keely on Twitter at Alex Keeley. That's Keely spelt K E A L Y. Um he also does a podcast with Ivo Graham called Gig Pigs which uh which I'm sure is a lot of fun. Uh and um he's got a link tree. Uh, if if you if you were to be listening to this Um, as we are recording it, you would be able to go and see him at the Soho Theatre on the days after, the two days after the recording. However, this will not be out in time, so let's hope that you just somehow happen to go and see that. His 2019 show Rationale is on next up, and uh, he also has links to his March and April tour dates and tickets. So get that up, yeah. I'm pretty sure Harriet has shows on next up as well. Yeah. Go back through the next up catalogue and just type in the name of anyone who's been on the podcast, and it may be a sort of fifty percent hit rate. Should we listen to the episode? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Alex Keeley and Harriet Kemsley, thank you very much for agreeing to explain a few things to us today.
5: Hello, you've come to the right place.
2: <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for having me. Good. I'm, I'm glad. That we've come to the right place. Um, myself and Andy have only been alive for a day. Wow. Um, and in that day, we have come to learn something of the following three
3: things We are familiar with a wicker man, <laughs> we know what goths are, and we know
2: who Noel Edmonds is. <laughs> <laughs> These three things we have an understanding of.
5: What if I don't know one of those things?
2: Um, well, then we can explain it to you briefly because okay, those are the three things <laughs> that we know about. Great. Um, would you like that explanation now or
6: later?
5: Well, the, the wicker man, it's, it's something that is burnt. Well, it's its, it's, it's, it's a wicker man. Yeah. This, um, is the,
4: this is the
2: tricky thing. It's a, yeah. it's, it's a big man made of wicker and you put people and animals in it and you what? burn it and yeah. uh, it makes the harvest better. Yeah. <laughs> can um, I, oh.
5: Is that what that film is about? What film? that's <laughs>
2: oh, <God>. um, <laughs> We would like to know something uh, about some people um Alex in uh, in 1 minute could you bearing in mind the things that we've explained that we understand could you please explain to me who Sigmund Freud is in 1 minute your time starting now okay uh Sigmund Freud uh wouldn't
6: put people in a wicker man <laughs> right does he not want the harvest to be better <gasps> he he thinks the harvest is more to do with your your mum.
4: <laughs>
6: Were there any did you have mums explained did they put any mums in the wicker man? No, what's a mum? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's they harvest people. They produce, they reap, they they create people. Right. <laughs> so who do <laughs> they They bloom people. Who
3: do they burn in order to create people? Well, uh, they, bur- they would need to burn people in order to make the people that the mums created better.
2: Right. It seems to be circular, this process. Uh, goths come from yes. the
6: same bit of sort of the world as, as Sigmund Freud. They sort of come from Germany, I guess. It depends which Goths
2: you're talking... Where do the Goths... What are the Goths that you know? Sort of wear black clothing, makeup, Your time is up, Alex. Thank you very much indeed for that. <laughs> In a minute, you've explained to us that uh, uh, Sigmund Freud is someone who believed that uh, a good harvest was more to do with your mum, really. Uh, and your mum is someone who harvests people? Yes,
3: harvests or sort of blooms people in some way. <laughs> and goths are from Germany. Thank yeah. you very much, Alex. Thanks. <laughs> Harriet. Yes. In, uh, in one minute, could you tell us uh, who Goldilocks is or your, was your time starts now?
5: Okay, so imagine there's three Mr. Blobbies.
2: <laughs> and of course, we know who Mr. Blobby is yes. because of his relationship. No, Noel's, of friend. His
5: re- Noel's friend. Yes. So, there's, so there's three of them. Mr. Okay. Blobby has three porridges.
2: What's porridge?
5: Um, it's like, um, it's like a, a harvest food. <laughs> Wait, so we said harvest, didn't we? So it's something that is made by harvest, but then you make it hot, and how then how do
3: you make it hot? Uh,
5: with the burning.
2: <laughs> oh, so, so you so, know about burning, so, so we burn use,
5: stuff, so, make it hot. So, right.
2: so you hold it to the wicker man, and it makes yeah. it hot.
5: Yes, and then it makes it hot, but then sometimes it can be too hot. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes too close to the Wicker Man. Too close to the right. Wicker Man. And then sometimes, wait, what the fuck happens in Goldilocks? <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes it's not it's not hot en- enough. Thank you, Thank you some- Harriet.
2: Your time is up.
5: I was just getting started. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Andy, would you like to sum up what Harriet's told us yes. about Goldilocks?
3: Yes. And- uh, Goldilocks Goldilocks um, is 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 somebody who um, is concerned with the heat of the porridge possessed by three blobbies, of <laughs> Noel's friend. Thank you, Harriet, for yep. that information.
2: That's, that's very useful. <laughs> Those were some people that myself and Andy were asking you to explain. Um, we would also like to know more about some different places, mm-hmm. because myself and Andy are aware that there are places other than this place. Mm-hmm. Alex, in two minutes, could you please explain to me what Texas is? Your two minutes start now. Uh,
6: it's very hot.
2: It's close to the wicker man. It's yeah. close to the... It's,
6: <laughs> but it's hot. Its harvests aren't very good. Because oh. right. <laughs> it's, it's hot. I would I would say it's not producing as, as many good harvests as traditional wicker, wicker man based. The porridge is cold. The porridge is
2: cold. Polish is cold in Texas.
6: Uh, there's lots of uh, cowboys there. What are cowboys? They're you? like goths in because the, they wear leather, right? So they're, <laughs> so they're, so they're, they're, so they're like
2: they're like goths.
6: They're, yeah, you know how goths wear leather. You're, yeah, you're, and so they're like
3: goths in that yeah. respect. They wear so, leather, but they're not from Germany because they're in Texas.
6: But they're 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 in Texas, which is in uh, America. What's that? Um, America is somewhere where uh, Noel Edmonds. Wouldn't be able to successfully uh, transition his television show to why not? Uh, I think that uh, the Mr Blobby is a sort of um, uh, a sort of preternatural force that wouldn't be fully <laughs> explainable to the American people. So okay. the
2: Goths wouldn't the Goffs in Texas wouldn't understand Mr Blobby. No, so Noel Edmonds couldn't do his shows there. Yes. Okay.
6: And there's oil there in Texas. What oil? Um. Oil, it's like there's gunge in Noel Edmonds' house <laughs> yeah. party. Yeah. It's like a sort of gunge you can burn <laughs> and make things go. Does, does it improve the harvest? <laughs> yeah. um, for a time. <laughs> but if you do it for a couple of hundred years, it rather destroys all harvests.
2: Interesting. And how does that relationship work?
6: Um, it makes It makes the atmosphere warmer and uh because of the greenhouse effect yes um which is like a sort of earth wicker man <laughs> right um so uh, earth what's earth oh uh earth is where a presumably
2: no sounds party is set thank, thank you. you thank you alex there's quite a lot of information there. I felt there was, yeah. Um, in two minutes, uh, you've explained to us that uh, Texas is a place where a type of golf called a cowboy lives, um, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's 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 very hot there, but the porridge is cold, yeah. and um, they uh, uh, burn gun burn gunge, and that is ruining the set of Noel's house party. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Fantastic. Well, My Thank you. Um, Harriet, yes. In uh, in two minutes, could you explain to us uh, what a Games Workshop is? Your okay. two minutes start now.
5: Um, okay, so you know, like the smell of the Goths, like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we do. How would you describe the smell of bad,
5: the- like a bad smell? That's right. Games Workshop. Okay, there's a-, a bad smell, and if you <laughs> if you go in there, as has have we described what a woman is
6: described what a mother is what a
5: mother if you go in there as someone hmm if you go in there with someone that is not like Noel Edmonds <laughs> right then you will get stared at blobby <laughs> if if you yeah if mr blobby goes in there
2: if you took a blobby into games workshop yeah yeah people would stare at you and it would smell
5: yeah um <laughs> <laughs> could could,
2: almost
6: anywhere could fulfill that description
5: (laughs) there are um there's uh, it's a real waste of time um what is i describe that it's a bit like thinking that burning something will produce a response it's pointless
2: right you're saying a wicker man is, is pointless what what is it that they're doing in a games workshop
5: uh, they're just like painting little things. So it's like it's like they're putting a bit of gunge on a little Bobby blobby and really? then
3: <laughs> uh, who is who is they?
5: Oh, um like youths. Um what are youths? so it's like it's like Noel Edmonds will never be. So like like goths. <laughs> right. But yes. But less S- they
3: smell so they're small goth gnolls, is that?
5: <laughs> yes. Small gothy knolls, but less eyeliner. Right. And more and more sweat.
3: Okay, and so do do they produce the smell? Sort of the smell only emerge when a blobby enters.
5: I don't know. I okay. don't know. I I don't know. I need to tell you. Um, I guess that's not important. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Your time's up, Harriet. <laughs> okay. Andy, would you like to sum up what uh, Harriet's just told us about Games
3: Workshop? There? Yeah, uh, Games Workshop is uh, somewhere. Somewhere which is populated by knoll-like um, youths who are also slightly gothy in some way, and it stinks. <laughs> um, and and mums and women and blobby can't go in there. I think
2: possibly because they're putting guns onto a smaller blobby. Yeah. Thank you, Harry.
3: Yeah. Thank you.
5: I Hope that cleared everything up. <laughs> <laughs>
2: One area of the human experience that myself and Andy are particularly interested in uh, is the world of art, art. and creativity. Um, in three minutes, mm. Alex, could you please explain to me what Van Gogh's self-portrait with a bandaged ear is? <laughs> you have three minutes and your time starts now.
6: Um, Van Gogh is a a Dutch artist. What's Dutch? Dutch is somewhere that probably would successfully um produce a version of Noel's house party with an equivalent <laughs> Dutch celebrity. D- Dutch is a country where they have enough crazy vibes that, that that Noel can Noel can transfer. Okay. So that's what that's what Dutch is. A country that could And in a sentence, what are crazy vibes?
4: Yeah.
6: <laughs> 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 and, uh, uh, Mr. Blobby opening a TV studio door when they didn't really realise that he was going to be a guest okay.
2: our, our experience of Mr. Blobby is that he is somewhat chaotic
3: Yes, he's he's constantly opening doors that are unexpected <laughs> um, So um, so given given that the main distinctions that we've encountered for countries so far is that there's a certain th- vibe threshold which needs to be met in order for them this to sure. produce a Knowles house party Sure, <laughs> sure um, <laughs> what, where, where is du- that Dutch is, Dutch is
2: four out of a possible five blobbies <laughs> 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 oh,
4: so we're,
2: we, oh, this is good we're Britain estu- is five <laughs> obviously we're <laughs> establishing a grading system yeah. uh, America does... one and
6: a half one. okay one so half. A, on the blobby scale yeah one blobby and then a half and scythed down the middle blobby
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Dengoff existed in a uh, 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 a blobby positive environment Uh
6: yes and yeah, yeah, and he, he chopped an ear off.
2: Of what? His face. Why did he have an ear on his face? <laughs> <laughs> um,
6: he he, uh, he was on the side of his face. Right. And oh. And I call that his head. <laughs> okay, yeah. right. He, he chopped you an ear off position. his head. <laughs> Sorry, I, miss, I misspoke, I feel. That's uh, okay. he, 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 he He sliced an <laughs> ear off his head. Okay. Yeah.
2: Was it moving around? Uh,
6: only in his... Uh, one of his contemporaries would put a I uh, would put an ear... Would, uh, Picasso, is another painter, would put an ear on his face.
3: Okay, okay. Van Gogh would... Picasso would put an ear on, <laughs> on Van Gogh's face? No.
2: Why would Picasso do this to Van Gogh?
6: Um... I guess a sort of uh, a sort of ra- a random enmity, I suppose I don't. I just feel like enmity is not one that I should be trying to
4: fucking help. Um, uh, uh, uh,
6: Van Gogh t- chopped an ear off his head for Picasso reasons. For Picasso reasons, mm-hmm. um, and he paints in a Van, Van Gogh self-portrait. He pa- he paints in a way where he is, is quite sort of blotchy. Um, what is painting? Right, it's where it's you, you, you mix up, you maybe take three or four types of gunge yes. of different colours, and you mix up those colours of gunge. Thank you. Thank you. Uh,
2: thank you, Alex, for your explanation of uh, what uh, Van Gogh's self-portrait with bandaged ear is. Uh, what I've come to understand uh, is that a man in a broadly blobby, positive environment um, uh, had to sort of cut off ears that were being placed there by Picasso um, so that he could get on with painting, which is (laughs) mixing together different types of gunge. Mm. Thank you, Alex. (laughs)
3: Good. Harriet. Yes. Could you, in three minutes, uh, explain to us the plot of the work of art, Alien? In three minutes, your
2: time starts now. It's the microphone, please, Harriet.
5: Wait, okay, I don't know this piece of art. It's a Alien. Alien. Okay. Alien.
2: What do you think it's about?
5: <laughs> um. Well, you guys, I guess.
2: It's about <laughs> us.
5: <laughs> I don't know. Where have you come from? We were um, cloned. Yeah, we don't know oh, where we you're came cloned? from. cloned. Yeah. From what?
2: Alexander Bennett and Andy Barr. We are <laughs> clones. Of
5: oh, you're clones yeah. of yourselves. Yes. Where are your real selves?
2: Uh, we don't know. No. That's not no in Noel's house party
6: or gods <laughs> okay, or yeah, man, okay. sadly. Okay, <laughs> okay. I hope our um, real selves aren't in um, the Man. Can I <laughs> yeah.
5: Google it quickly, or should I just guess what it is?
2: Um, use your sort of understanding of the world, because you have a much greater understanding of us. Yeah. You know, are there any visual images okay. that relate to well, the film Alien that you understand?
5: Oh, the film Alien. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I thought you said the piece of art called Alien, and then I was <laughs> okay, the film Alien. Okay, it's well. Nice. Yes. Well, let me tell you. Um, so, okay. Yes. So there's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there's um, a Blobby. You know Blobby. <laughs> okay.
4: Yes. So
5: Blobby is like. Okay. So Noel Field, not Noel Fielding. Wait, what's his name? Who's Noel Edmonds. Noel Edmonds is just. Uh, he's gone to go and explore um, the Texas. He's gone to Texas. And Noel Edmonds is in Texas. He's in is, he, Texas is he seeking to understand whether it would be
2: possible to produce the house party there? Yes. Is he is. trying to change the vibe to make it more blobby friendly? Yes,
5: he's there to find new things in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so he's gone to Texas to try and find new things. Uh-huh. But what happens is that he's just walking around one day and then suddenly blobby comes out of his stomach. <laughs> And he's like, "What? What the fuck?" Um, and then. What size blobby? Uh, oh, it's, it's Blobby is um, a smaller blobby <laughs> than the usual blobby. Right. So for, is it a
3: different blobby, or has Blobby just changed his size there? Some...
5: Um. Oh, maybe it's a baby bo- blobby. <laughs> it's a baby. A baby blobby. It comes out of the.
2: How did Mister or how did Mister Blobby or indeed a baby Blobby get inside Noel Edmonds? I have no idea.
5: Um, I guess um, through, I, I've, I've seen, I have seen the film, but it's, um, maybe he ate it. Um, so so like, he ate a smaller blobby. <laughs> he ate a smaller blobby. Perhaps when he was in a games in, workshop. Crept in through the ear, maybe.
2: Crept in
6: through <laughs> the ear. It, crept, it his
5: ear. crept in through the ear. It just crept on down and then it jogged <laughs> out.
6: And that's why... Van Gogh tried to chop off the, it was, it was an anti-Bloby. Yes,
5: because he was like, get out, Blobby. Um, and then, um, yes, Blobby jumps out of his stomach um, and welcome to Texas. <laughs> 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 Thank
6: you.
2: Andy, would you like to sum up what we've just learned about the plot of the film Alien.
3: Yeah, so in the film Alien, uh, Noel Edmonds has gone on an expedition to Texas to try and discover new things. And <laughs> by the sounds of it, he does discover a new thing, which is uh, a very small blobby entering his body via his ear and then bursting out of his, his stomach. <laughs> and that's it. Thank you, Harriet.
2: Thanks. <laughs> Myself and Andy have only existed for a very brief period of time. But we are aware that other things happened before myself and Andy existed. Um, Alex, in three minutes, could you please explain to us what happened when the serpent tempted Eve? Your three minutes start now.
6: Uh so there was a time when we didn't need harvests that 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 the that the, the, the food just came without any need for wicker sacrifices so it was a very this was where does it come from uh, god who's who's that yeah um the sort of the person that we're a type of person that we would be trying to appease through the wicker man strategy but a different like a different line manager.
3: So how how has this uh, transition of power occurred? Um, because, well because men now, but previously we d- we didn't.
6: Uh, but well, because Eve. So it, so uh, a snake told Eve to eat the apple. What's a snake? A snake is like a. Usually green, very thin, Mr. Blobby that doesn't have legs and um, and slides
2: uh, along the ground. Right. Does that make it easier to get in people's ears? Um. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. So a, a snake is a sort of long, slidey blobby. Yeah. Green. Not you. Very rarely pink.
3: Okay. <laughs> Does it say the same thought? But of, some a, sort a, of almost thing thing never. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not
6: willing to say never, but I am willing to say almost never. <laughs>
2: almost never. Almost never. Pink. But usually green, long blobby, and uh, so there's. They had a complicated relationship with God.
6: Yes, I think there's a there's a uh, a sort of jealousy. Uh, suggestion once the snake wants Eve to eat some of the apple because a God would be annoyed if Eve ate the apple. Uh, there was a sort of uh, two questions. Yes, what's an apple? Mm. Okay, so an apple is a sort of uh, spherical-ish. Uh, fruit uh that you eat uh that doctors say is uh good to stop them coming to you who who are doctors uh doctors are
2: uh <laughs> <laughs> who are doctors alex um explain uh, the what a doctor is
4: the, the, what was the? B-
2: What's the, the third thing that you know? Oh, we understand oh, about a wicker man, a goths, and Noel Edmonds. Yes,
6: yeah, no, I really, I think I hope that was a, anyway. Good. Um,
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> I hope there was a fourth, but I had remembered. <laughs> uh, you know, goths often are training to be doctors. That goths are something <laughs> Are they?
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> is this is this Doctor Cannon? are cowboys on a similar educational track, given their similarities to goths.
6: Uh, cowboys wear what goths wear, mm-hmm. but um, goths but, are at the age when you are training to be adults. Okay, they're so the cowboys right cowboys are older than goths. <laughs> cowboys, I yes,
3: I'd say on average, cowboys are
6: even though you would think they would be younger, given the name incorporates
3: boy. Right. Do, do you, Given the similarity of their wardrobes, c- can Goths more easily transition into cowboys than perhaps other people?
2: Yes. Your time okay. is up. Thank you, Alex. Thank you very much indeed. In three minutes there, you've explained that uh, the serpent tempting Eve, what happened there, was a sort of long, almost certainly green Mr. Blobby um, <laughs> tried to tempt Eve, whoever that was, into eating a round uh, fruit um, because uh, a, a sort of an educated goth says it's a good idea. Write it down. That's what <laughs>
6: that's what happened.
2: Thank you, Alex. thanks.
3: thanks. It sounds like a very um, convincing argument. And if if I, with all that I know so far, were to be approached by a very thin green blobby, and he told me that I should eat a sphere because. A cowboy thinks it's good. (laughs) You you would. I'd do it. (laughs) (laughs) I think so too. I think so too. Harriet. Yes. In three minutes, could you tell us what happened when George Bush read The Pet Goat to the children of the Emma E. Booker Elementary School on the 11th of September 2001?
2: Your three minutes start now.
5: <laughs> Wait, is it <this> 911?
4: <laughs> I love
6: I love Fun. I love ASMR of Harriet Kemsley whispering is is it 911 into a podcasting <laughs> mic. i just put it on when I need to sleep. It's better than rainforest
2: noises. We don't know what 9-11 is. Uh, we're looking oh, for an explanation of George dear. Bush reading the pet Some goats to the children to of Emma E. Booker Elementary School. If that's relevant to 9-11, then please tell us how. Okay. Uh, but we, we need an explanation of that.
5: So, this is very much in... Okay, so, imagine...
2: <laughs> okay. Yes?
5: So... Right, okay. So there's a big wicker man. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's flying through the sky.
2: (laughs) Does it have people and animals in it, or mainly animals? Yeah,
5: yeah, mainly people. Oh.
3: (laughs) And the impact on the harvest.
5: (laughs) Yeah, it is bad. And then...
2: So it's flying through the sky.
5: Yeah, then it goes bad. And then, <laughs> unfortunately, there's a bad blobby. <laughs> <laughs>
6: there's about 20 of them, isn't there? I don't, about, I don't know about 20, 25 bad blobbies, actually.
5: Okay, so there's,
2: there's a group of bad, bad blobbies.
5: Right. some bad blobbies and... <laughs> They, they don't want the wickman to fly through the air anymore. Um, and then bad things happen. And then um, there's um, there's another wickman. <laughs> Second wickman. <laughs> Second wickman. Uh, with an, with more blobbies <laughs> on the Wicker man. And then we cut. To present day, and there's a memorial <laughs> <laughs> which you can visit.
3: I, I and oh. George Bush is, <laughs>
5: and George Bush is like mis- like America's blobby.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so, was he involved in the Flying Wicker mans?
5: Oh, no, that's that's the bad blobbies, but okay, this is right. he's but also he, a bad blobby, right? Um, it what, just what depends what how you look, him at him yes. From... Um
3: In 10 Mm -hmm. seconds.
5: Are
6: you saying George Bush (laughs) to (laughs) 9-11? I am
5: am really uncomfortable right now. (laughs) I am really trying my best. Your time is up, Harriet. Thank you
2: very much indeed (laughs) for uh, attempting that explanation. Mm. Um, Andy, would you like to summarise what Harriet has explained? That George Bush reading The Pet Goat to the children of Emma E. Booker, the Emma E. Booker Elementary School, on the eleventh of September two thousand and one what, what what
3: happened there? well, I've no fucking idea what happened with that, but uh presumably at the same time, two wicker men were flying <laughs> through the air and were commandeered by a large squad of blobbies um, potentially with the collaboration of a, a separate america's blobby <laughs> whose whose morality is up for debate uh, and then bad things happened, and their impact on the harvest is. Not been confirmed.
2: (laughs) And now there's a memorial. Yes. Thank you, Harriet. (laughs) Thank you, Harriet. (laughs) We appreciate that very much indeed. There are so many different things to develop an understanding of, so we just want to keep throwing some more at you. Of course. Um, Alex, in two minutes, could you please explain to us what moisturiser is? Your two minutes start now. So...
6: Uh in in on Earth, mm-hmm. yes. uh people like their faces to look smooth f- like Mr. Blobby. Is that why Van Gogh got rid of the ears? <laughs> <laughs> so in, in the late nineteenth century we didn't have moisturizer, so it did have to be sort of more of a kind of razor based skin
2: enhancing regime. Okay. You used to use a razor and now you use moisturizer. Why do people want to look like Mr. Blobby? Um it's it's all sort of a societally
6: constructed need to look younger than you are.
3: What well, do any of those words mean? <laughs> Well, we understand youth because cowboys are young. No, cowboys are young. are younger than, than, cowboys. Are young yeah, yeah, than yeah. cowboys, yes.
6: Um, uh, ooh, there is a societal a... Need, to...
2: need to look like Mr. Blobby. Yes.
6: Um, so society is like Here we one go. of the people in Noel's house party. <laughs> that would be like a society. Okay. So it's like the whole group of people. Yeah. And then a, uh, a need is like Blobby's need to to be mad
2: <laughs> it's the thing he does
6: yeah okay so that's a societal need and then to look younger is the cowboy thing so we, so we can move to look, on to the to no? look
2: smoother and therefore more like
6: to look smoother yeah so the smoother you are the younger you are and how girl. does this happen um you you put moisturiser on which oh, I'm explaining yes. to you and in the moisturiser there are bits of sort of
4: pumice pum- pum- stone rock
6: <laughs> What is pumice stone? And,
5: like Alex knows what moisturiser is. Is
4: what
6: we're learning. <laughs> it's a sort of creamy pumice stone, and pumice stone is <laughs> <to sort> of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. Sort of, <laughs> you're wrong, Harriet Actually, I don't
5: know if you've ever moisturised before,
2: Alex. It's a sort of creamy stone. <laughs>
6: um, it's a sort of creamy stone, and the stone comes from a volcano vul- when a volcano explodes. And a volcano is like a big wicker man in life, but it's already on fire, and you don't need to set it on fire.
2: Okay. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. In two minutes, you've explained that uh, moisturizer is a sort of creamy stone that you rub on your face to look more like Mr. Ploppy. Yeah, I'm actually very happy with that. (laughs) Good. We're we're happy that you're happy.
3: Thank you, Alex. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Harriet, Mm. in in, uh, two minutes, could you uh, please explain to us uh, what sea monkeys are? Time starts now.
5: Jesus Christ. Um... Okay, so, if you go to Games Workshop, Mm -hmm. at Games Workshop there are things you can buy, like sea monkeys. And what they are is (laughs) like...
2: You get them at Games Workshop.
5: Yes, and so it's like you buy them and then Mm -hmm. you watch them and then you try and believe that something is going to happen <laughs> like with the wicker man, like you're hoping that something is going to happen
2: So Seat Monkeys is a, sort of a wicker man that you can buy at Games Workshop
5: Yes, mm. yes, like a, a small wicker man you can buy at Games Workshop and you you really want it to become a blobby
3: <laughs> Right but it never does <laughs> <laughs>
5: Never does.
3: What? Why? It
5: never does. Because it's just it's just bits of fish. Lot of fish. Uh I don't know if it is it's like um it's like the blobbies of the sea.
2: There's a lot of these about, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So so fish are blobbies that are in the sea. Yes. A real sort of French pomme de
6: terre sort of vibe to this.
2: Yes. Sorry, that, that 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 means nothing to you. Sorry, <laughs> literally nothing whatsoever. <laughs> so it's it's a it's a small wicker man that yes. you buy in Games Workshop and you stare at it, hoping it'll become a blobby.
5: Yes, but it never does because it's just it's just an illusion.
2: And why would you hope that a wicker man turned into a blobby?
5: Well, because it's like magic. It's like you want magic to exist, but it doesn't, and it's just a load of um, nothing. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. But yeah. Harry, explaining
6: yeah. disappointment into yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank Look, you.
5: Someone's been burned before. Is what I'm saying. <laughs>
2: thank you, thank you, Harry. I, I,
3: I, I, yeah. I,
2: I sort of feel a new emotion, Andy.
3: Yeah. Wow, <laughs> I so, taught you emotion. Yeah. <laughs> I'm given to understand from that explanation that yeah. um, that sea monkeys are a wicker man made out of little scraps of sea blobbies <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> you you buy a games workshop and hope against all documentary evidence <laughs> to the contrary that they, they turn into an, a new blobby. Mm. Thank you, Harry. Thanks. Thank you. And that, that sort of disproves the existence of magic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Myself and Andy are very interested in human behaviour. We're very interested in the things that people do. Mm. Alex, in two minutes, could you... Please explain to me what I would be doing if I were to get a nipple piercing. Mm. Your two minutes start now. Great. Uh, So if you were getting a a nipple piercing,
6: so so nipples Mm. are things that uh, all humans have, uh, generally, most humans generally have. Do blobbies Uh, have them? I don't think blobbies actually Mm. do have them from my recollection so, but goths have them, but you have to take a lot of leather <laughs> off to find them. But they often do have they I would say on average goth's nipples are more pierced than than average. That'd be my that'd be a
2: generalization I would make. Do you okay. think there's any correlation between that and how sort of easy it would be for Noel Edmonds to make his programmes in a country with goths? Do you think <laughs> that there's a a correlating relationship,
6: yes. I think I, I actually think there's a probably a moderate uh cause a correlation between countries that have a higher proportion of nipples that are pierced and countries that would have a successful. It's, is this related to crazy vibes?
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> there's definitely, it's yeah, it's definitely not, it's definitely not, it, it's definitely slightly more crazier vibes than usual, but it's you, yeah. So, so you, you're piercing your nipples, so you're putting some uh, some metal uh, through a nipple. Um and then some nipples lactate, oh. which is when milk comes out, which is a kind of human gunge. Mm-hmm. Um and the human gunge nourishes the uh the the young. The human gunge, the human gunge nourishes young. Yeah. the young. <laughs> yeah. And so most humans, you know, stop having that, that, that gunge at maybe
2: one <laughs> And so you put some metal through <laughs> where it came from. Yeah. Why? Is that just <laughs> no, more? no more
6: country closing time. <laughs> okay. Closing time at the nipple bar. So it's, so it's to block up the, the yeah. nipple. So right. every, every time someone has finished breastfeeding they, they pierce their nipples and that's it for the... Is that... <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah, exactly.
5: Yeah. yeah.
6: Your time is up, Alex. Okay. Why do I feel worse than after your nine eleven? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Um... In, uh, in two minutes there, you've explained to us that uh, a nipple piercing uh, is when you uh, use a piece of metal to stop
3: gunge coming out of your nipple. Yep. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Harriet. Yes. In, uh, in two minutes, could you please explain to us uh, what we would be doing if we were to go on Robot Wars? Your two minutes start now.
5: <laughs> okay. So it's... It's very much in the world of the Games Workshop.
2: It stinks.
5: Sphere, very <laughs> stinky, um, but it's quite open air, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's, uh, it's got some crazy vibes, bit Texas, I'd say.
4: Right,
5: uh, and basically, yeah, you just um, you get some. Uh, you you get you make your own blobby and then you can make your blobby with your own kind of things.
3: How, how do you make your own blobby? Mm,
5: uh, you get... Um...
3: We've already established that sea monkeys is not a route to getting a blobby. Yeah. Yes. Um... It's, it's a dead end.
5: Oh, dear. Um, so it's like... So like you'd take like... Okay. Like an iron nipple or ear. Did <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You, you take these things. A, a metal you, version. A of metal version, like we talked a, about the pierce, like those. Yeah. And then you stick them together. Right. Um, a nipple to, and an ear. To create um, an attack machine that will <laughs> <laughs> attack another nipple and ear. But that one might have like a funny hat or something. <laughs> or like um, a. Uh, <laughs> it might have like a. Um, a pickup bit, or like a, uh, a
2: pick-up bit, or
5: like a, um, a flames. It might throw flames, like in the Wicker Man. These are lots. Of... <laughs> but often they'll break, and they'll end up on their backs, going like, arr, arr. and then what, they're which, sad.
3: Which, um, so if they're constructed of a, a, a metal nipple and ear, mm-hmm. what what uh, side of them constitutes their back?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: an excellent question, Andy.
5: Um, okay, so like, uh, so like. Well, it really depends on it, but I guess um I guess the 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 head
3: Thank you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Andy, would you like to uh, sum up Harriet's explanation yeah. of uh, what we would be doing if we were to go on robot wars? Yeah. Uh
3: so it's a, a games workshop adjacent pastime which takes place in somewhere that's quite open air so the stenches sort of disperse. <laughs> Uh, and it, a lot of a lot of people within that uh, that space get metal nipples and ears and attach them to one another. And but they differentiate them from from each other's nipples and ears by popping a, a hat on or a picker upper <laughs> or, uh, or some flames. And then they try and knock one another over. <laughs> Thank you, Harriet, <laughs> for, for
2: that for that concise explanation. One final thing that myself and Andy would like to learn about. Um, there are things that can be said that we don't quite understand. So we'd like you to explain some things that can be said. Mm-hmm. Alex, in two minutes, could you please explain what someone would mean if they were to say, those who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. In two minutes, explain that. Your time starts now.
6: Uh so that is a phrase where the person is trying to say it's it's anti hypocrisy.
2: What's hypocrisy?
6: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, hypocrisy is is when uh, you know, Blobby's gunging someone, and then he's having a great time, and mm. then when he gets gunged, he's livid, he's furious, and so that would be hypocrisy that he didn't he doesn't like the the thing. So
2: hypocrisy is when someone who gunges other people gets gunged. Um that's w- one example of
6: hypocrisy, okay. would you, but would you not you all. Be, be able to give us another example. Um it's you know anything you like. Mm, uh, <laughs> absolutely anything. <laughs> uh um, if it, you know, um <laughs> absolutely anything at all. When when you burn someone else's wicker man. Mm-hmm to try and improve your harvest but get annoyed when they burn your wicker man trying to improve their harvest
2: okay okay
6: <laughs> i think we're building an understanding it. <laughs> so so the, the glass houses are breakable right and so so throwing stones can break things mm-hmm. so if you're throwing stones other people yet you live in a breakable house Unlike Noel's house, which was very structurally sound. <laughs> <laughs> okay. it could contain, you could have parties in that. Conti- could contain the party, yes. What's glass? Glass is uh, an, uh, an object that you can see through. It's uh, any object you can see through. Um, but it's hard. It's a hard object. It's a hard, smooth object that you can see through. As The smoothness of a blobby, the translucence of a not blobby,
2: and the and hardness and in, of a wicker man. And in ten seconds, why would you live in a home made of such material? Um, it,
6: it. I wouldn't advise it, uh, but you might if you are a plant.
2: Your time is up. Thank you very
3: much, Alex. What What I am to take from that is that um, if you want to throw stones, you should ensure that you are living in Noel's house. <laughs> yeah, I think Noel is the only person who can throw stones. Mm. Um,
2: I think what you've explained, those who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. What that means is don't be a hypocrite. And by that, I mean, (laughs) don't burn someone else's wicked man expecting your
3: own harvest to be better. Mm.
2: Thank you, Alex.
6: My pleasure.
3: Harriet, in uh, two minutes, could you explain to us uh, the phrase... You can't make an omelette without breaking a few eggs. You have two minutes and your time starts now.
5: Okay, so you need to understand what a chicken is. Um, (laughs) Please
2: tell us what a chicken is.
5: Okay, so, right. If Blobby was to have a period, do you know what periods are? What are periods? (laughs) Okay. So, use
6: use gunge, I guess. Oh, yes. <laughs> so
5: blobby gunges, but it's hard gunge uh, uh, on the outside. <laughs> and then you open it up and then it's gungey in the middle. And then, um, and then a- you put it and you make it hot like the Wicker Man. And then you have an omelette. <laughs> Wait, what was I describing? How to make an omelette. <laughs> no. I think you're
2: about to explain what a period was. <laughs>
5: Wait, okay, no, but okay. So I described how to make an omelette, uh, but
2: w- v- very, very quickly, and we have lots of information. We're looking for an explanation to the phrase "You can't make an omelette without you breaking a few eggs." Can't make an omelette
5: without breaking some eggs. So all I've done is explain how to make an omelette. I haven't described how the phrase works. Very quickly, so, you said um, there was
2: there was hard guns that were soft on the inside that comes mm-hmm. out during someone's period.
5: Yes. So that's an egg, um and so, um. but you can't make it if you don't break the egg, the omelet, and so that is uh, you I don't even know what it means as a phrase but <laughs> I guess you, you can't yeah, you have to, oh, you don't get to keep the eggs, I guess if you you want to have an omelet, but you must <laughs> use the eggs up. so it's like, I've used this phrase in my life. But what does it mean?
6: What did you yeah, what did you use the phrase? You can't
5: make an your omelet life? without breaking can't some can't eggs. Break an you can't break an <laughs> <omelet>. <laughs> you can't make you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. So you have to break eggs. something in order to achieve something. So it's like Bobby Blobby. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Going well at home. <laughs> Has to cause chaos in order to achieve anything. <laughs> Thank
3: you. Your time oh is up there, Harriet. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, would you like to. Uh, I, I don't think any further summation is needed beyond the last <laughs> sentence there.
2: Good. Thank you
3: very much, Harriet. We appreciate that very much indeed.
2: Um, Andy, at the end of all of that, um, who do you think has provided the most satisfactory explanations? I don't think I can call it <laughs> <laughs> Um, I th- I, th- I think both Alex and Harriet have been really good at this I don't know what metric I'm judging that <laughs> but uh, uh, Alex's explanations w- were very full Harriet's were very fast <laughs> but also full but really quickly <laughs> um, I feel like actually it's Harriet's explanation of Things associated with goths that most of our understanding has been built on. <laughs> so on that basis, I would say that Harriet provided the most satisfactory explanations.
3: I will defer to your expertise,
2: whatever that is. Harriet Kemsley, thank you very much.
5: Thank you. Wow.
2: Alex Keeley, thank you very much. Thank you.
6: Thank
5: you.
4: <laughs> oh, oh, <dear>. No. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You have been listening to Born Yesterday featuring Andy Barr and me, Alexander Bennett. I created the show and Steve Pretty composed the music. If you've enjoyed the show, please tell people about it. Follow us on social media and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.